Hi, I'm Juliana Hever, the plant-based dietitian. And I'm Ray Cronice. And you're listening to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to the Runny Drink Podcast. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Welcome to episode 108. 108 episodes. I well, can get into my whole thing again about I can't believe we've crossed the hundred mark. I know, but we've we've done more than a hundred. I know things. I know we've done quick bites. We've done videos. We've done special messages, but this is our official hundred and eighth episode. So Amazing. we hope this finds you well. We can't believe that people have tuned in for a hundred and eight episodes. Hundred and eight episodes, three ish years. <sighs> Almost. Yeah, almost. It's, we're, it's April. We're coming upon the third anniversary. In June. It's something like June 10th. We'll have more when that date gets closer. You'll be hearing about that. We'll have a celebration. Uh, I think we should. I think we should. And before we get started with today's episode, which is jam-packed with awesome content. It really by the is. way. Let me tell you, I just want to say everybody who has followed along on our live coffee chats, on our live Instagram and Facebook videos who have chimed in and created such a community. Yeah. I, Thank you. Absolutely. It's so much fun. Um, we've been just throwing the camera on and just sharing well you had lunch the other day and I shared did. some of the stuff from yep. the south cape um takeout weekend yeah and you've done coffee chat we well, do coffee chats almost every morning though nah i should do them more often really well, and then of course we did some stuff for dinner last night mm -hmm. as we're recording this yes and uh just a great time for people hanging out and and thank you mm, uh, just a blast yeah we will get to what the South Cape Takeout Weekend 2020 was towards the end of the show, say in our drink portion. And then if we rewind to the eat portion of our show, we are finally releasing our interview with Juliana Hever and Ray Cronice. We're so excited to talk about that. And then if we rewind even further... To what we're about to share, in the run portion, we have an exciting virtual race to discuss. Yeah, in this trying time that we're all going through together, what we have seen in the <clears throat> running community is that race after race has been canceled or postponed. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, we runners aren't going to be stopped. We're no. not gonna. We're not gonna quit running. No, we're getting out there. We're pounding the pavement, yeah. and a lot of us want some bling. And some swag for our efforts. And some of us want to support a charity. Some of us want to just have that bling and that that swag. 
and just have motivation and inspiration for training sessions for future races when we all get back to pounding the pavement together and crossing a finish line together. At an event. At an event. Yes. Yes. And we are fans of virtual races. We've talked about yep. it before on previous episodes. We've had this as a discussion point yes. in our Facebook group, the Runcation Nation. We've gotten feedback on both sides of the argument. Yeah, and there are a lot of people that aren't big fans of them. There mm -hmm. are some that are. We tend to fall on the side of those that are. And what we've been doing is scouring the internet, looking for for the virtuals that mm -hmm. have the most to offer in terms yeah. of whether it's supporting a charity, mm -hmm. whether it's the bling, mm -hmm. a shirt. Um, the theme of the, the whole theme, thing that motivates us. The things that are going to be cool yeah. because there are, there are hundreds, if not thousands of virtuals out there. They're not all created equal. Yeah. So we had to look for different themes, different charities, different, different ones that would spark our motivation. Yeah. And, and be cool to bring to you. Absolutely. And when you're doing that, you're looking for, a lot of times you're looking for themes. Yes. And we certainly are not immune to the appeal and the draw of nostalgia Right. Of things from our childhood, of things that... Are we dating ourselves now? Maybe a little. Not, and, I'm gonna, and, you know, I'm going to lean into it a little bit. because You're lean in. Because, you know, there's, there's something to be said. Some things are just good no matter how old they are. And we found a virtual running challenge. Not just a race. A running challenge challenge you know how we are about challenges and challenges being typically a race weekend where you maybe have to do more than one race to get a special medal like say a 5k a 10k and a half marathon well we found a challenge that we wanted to attempt and it is something that tickles I don't know, a certain, uh, I don't know, a need in me, Amy. Is it a specific need? I have a need. What do you have a need for? I have a need for speed. That's oh. right. We found a race challenge called the Top Run Virtual Challenge. It would have been really cool if we had said, I feel the need. The, the need, need for speed. speed. Well, Ow! yeah. Oh, I was going for a, a high five. A high five. There we go. <laughs> and uh, you have to come back around and hit the bottom too. But oh, you know. I didn't do it. No. <laughs> well, and as I, I, I'm really not as talented as say Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise from the 1980s classic Top Gun. Yeah. This is a Top Gun themed race that race challenge that challenges you to complete a 5K, a 10K, and a half marathon to become a top runner. And we started with the 5K today. We did. So let's recap the beginning of this and then we will get into what you get for. Yes. 
this race challenge. Yes, and in all this virtual race challenge. In all transparency, uh, we will tell you that we are completing the challenge, but you can also just complete the 5K, the 10K, or the half. Yes, as part of this, and this, and the link to the race website uh, will be in the show notes. Yes, it will, so that we can maybe get you to complete one of the races or the top runner challenge with us. That would be great. We would love to see a bunch of you out there, but Hey, let's talk about, well, uh, you know what? Let's, let's start with, here's what you get. And then we'll start with, and then we'll continue on and talk about our, our first part, the 5k that we ran today. Yes. And this one is from the virtual virtualpaceseries.com. Yes. And so Amy sent me to the to the post office the other day and said, mm-hmm. "Hey, we've got a package. Go pick it up." And I said, "Okay, I will." Yeah. And I headed down there and I get this package that's relatively small but very heavy. Did I not tell you that we had registered for this? Well, I see emails from races that come through all the time, and and I would like to say that I read them all, but I don't. I just go, ooh, look, a shiny thing. We need to do that because it's cool and it's from the 80s. Yes, and so I go pick this package up, (laughs) and I bring it home. I'm like, what is this? So we open it up, and inside the package, when we registered for this race, they sent us our finisher medals, Oh, that yes. we will get to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Not and, yet. Not but, yet. But soon. And they sent us each a runner's bib. A runner's bib and a, a finishing certificate. Yes. Yes. And what I liked about this, the bib is two-sided. Yes. And one has like your runner's number on it. The other one says finisher. A legit number. Mm-hmm. We, I have a number. You have a number. And the material is that same really hard to rip um a tyvek i think is what it's called yeah it's not just paper it's not just paper it is legit it's an actual bib like you would go get at a race Mm -hmm. super cool there yeah but i think that we're saving it for when we actually run the half yes we're not going to wear them until then i don't want to get them all sweaty so we didn't run with them today i'm really hard on bibs i don't care if it's like that hardcore material I'm telling you, I, I'm really hard on them. I can barely make it through two races at a run Disney uh, challenge weekend. Yeah. I'm telling you. I'm right there with yeah. you. Yeah. So we, it, the medal, are we going to talk about the medal or are we going to talk about it when we earn it? No, we can talk about the medal now. I think we can kind of give people what you know an idea of what they could look forward to. I mean, it's cool. It's so cool. I mean, the the font and everything is very evocative of the movie posters from Top Gun. Yeah, It says Top Run Challenge, yeah. 5K, 10K, half. The, it's got the color stripes. Yeah, it's got the red, the red, the blue, and the silver. Yes. You know, so like a red, white, and blue theme. Uh-huh. The center of the medal is an F-14 Tomcat, which is the fighter plane that Maverick and Goose were flying in yes. that movie. Also Iceman. Also Iceman. Also Iceman. And the big part of the upper the upper section of the medal that's where the, kind of like where the, your nose would go um, is, <laughs> is where the, uh, the F-14 sits. Um, 
is a set of aviator sunglasses. Which you, you have a set of aviators. I may even run the half in my aviator I think sunglasses, you should. So I think you should. Yes. And these are like these are like mirrors so that if you hold it up it could be like a mirror for you know, how are you looking before you actually don the medal after you achieve the goal? It is a really big, mm-hmm. really well made medal. Yes. The 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 Silver parts are super shiny. The red and blue parts are are nice, great coloration. Mm -hmm. This, and, oh, the ribbon. The ribbon. The ribbon is blue on one side and red on the other, and it gives the the website, and it says Top Run Challenge on it. And I just, and it's your, it is not some flimsy ribbon. No. It is a nice, as, as if you were at an actual... Race, event, so that when we finish the half, after we do the 10K and the half this week, because it's a perfect week to do it because Jeff has assigned me some high mileage on the weekend. Oh, perfect. So there we go. So after we finish it, because you're off. I'm off this week. So we can finish it and then we can, maybe we'll do a live where we don each other with the medals together okay is that would that be good for you i'd enjoy that i i don't know and then maybe our uh, our runcation nation might get a kick out of that seeing that i don't know maybe if your aviators fully donned on i think we when we finish that. hopefully get some of you guys to, to log in and watch on instagram and live or uh, something. maybe we should have like a speaker and some of the soundtrack some of it but remember, that's licensed music. Yeah, maybe not a whole lot of it. Maybe just enough so that we stay within legal educational licensing or what. I don't know. Something. Something. Fair use. It's fair use, whatever it is. I don't know. But that is, it's just, it's just the, this metal is super cool. So we had to do it because we're children of the 80s and we love 80s movies. And this is a movie, if it comes on cable, I get sucked in no matter where they're at i can almost quote every part of the movie yep so it, it's no problem for me to do a top gun themed race we've got all. to watch the movie before we run the half oh i'm i'm down down absolutely absolutely and we have created a playlist of the top gun music the the top gun soundtrack so if you subscribe to apple music then in the show notes, there's a link to the Top Gun soundtrack. Well, there you go. If you're going to do the virtual and you want to use that as your running music, maybe in between listening to episodes of the Running Drink podcast. Not a bad idea. Mm. But what I also like about this medal is it's about the size of, I mean, I have big hands and it's about oh. the size of my palm. I mean, yeah. it's, it's huge. So you, it's a five inch medal. It's it's just gorgeous, and again, if you're looking, if you're in it for the bling, if you like doing that it's kind awesome. of thing, perfect. And the cost is not an arm and a leg. Surprise! This is what surprised me. It's it's twenty four bucks, and that gets you the medal, yeah. the certificate, and the bib. Yeah. How do you so go wrong with cool. that? Yeah, and when you register, they're like Johnny on the spot getting you the stuff, getting you the gear, getting you the the metal and the bib and everything so you can get going. That's awesome. Yeah, so we'll have the link to the Virtual Pace series. 
the playlist. And if you would like, you could join us. Yeah. We would love to see some running drink podcast listeners, members of the Runcation Nation Mm -hmm. out there becoming top runners right along with us. Mm -hmm. So check out those links and sign up and let us know. We'd love to get some photos of you guys with your medals and with your, with your, uh, your bib on you when you're completing your run or your, or the whole challenge. But if this is not, if, if you've already signed up for virtual races and you want to share what you're running, we're really passionate about this. We are connected to eighties movies. We love it. What virtual races are you completing? I think that it would be really great and would really connect us in our running community. If you sent us information about the virtual races you're completing, maybe a recap, a a short recap, a photo, so that we can be your virtual cheer squad. Absolutely. We would love to do that. So if you have a different virtual race that we need to tell everyone about then call and leave us a one minute message or record a little voice memo and send us a photograph on email our phone number is 941-677-2733 and our email is info at runedring.net so we started our virtual today, and we did the 5K. Yeah. And let's recap that real quick for everybody. Oh, kind of okay. let them know what was going on. I'm just on. telling you, it was really hot. Yeah, it's down here in Florida. We have, of course, um, started summer like two months early. So it was swelteringly hot and humid. Ugh. And I'm... we didn't count on that because when we walked out early in the morning it was was actually kind of nice it was nice and we should have done it then i tried to get you to i had to be on a work call though work so it's work you know that's you got to do what you got to do true you know so we waited for her work call to end we go out for our run it's about one o'clock in the afternoon at this point Mm -hmm. and it is in the mid to upper 80s and probably 80 something percent humidity very very moist just not mm. pleasant. Yeah. But um, I was slower today than I have been all this last week. And so what were you doing? Well, I always walk the first mile and then I try out a couple of different intervals in the second and third miles. You know, because Jeff is always like, you know, play with certain ratios and see what might work so that you can come to any kind of official race day armed with the knowledge of what works in terms of run-walk-run ratios and what doesn't. Right. Or things you could switch to when something is too much or when you need more of a challenge. So. Not a bad idea. That's what I did. What did you do? Well, I started out, I had the dogs with me for the first, I thought I'd do the whole 5K with them. Turns out they Uh, were having no part of the heat. Yeah. So we got through about 1.3, 1.4 miles, and they Mm -hmm. were basically ready to give me the middle finger, and they were trying to drag me into the house as we got closer to it. I'm glad you described it that way so we can keep our non-explicit rating. Exactly. (laughs) So I I put them in the house, and then I kind of got caught 
caught uh, caught back up on yeah. on my pace. Yeah, and I was doing uh, basically a ten fifty. Just you know, figured I'd kind of you know take it easy. And it was hot. It was definitely not awesome. And, and ladies and gentlemen, let me just share with you that it was National Tartan Day. That it was. So or that he, it is as we record it, this. So he was sporting the tartan. I was flying the McPherson flag proudly. I am yes. wearing my, in fact, I'm wearing it as we record. I yep. still have my my McPherson clan Fantastic. tartan kilt on. And I had my, my McPherson clan head wrap on. And I am waiting for it to come in the mail. But I have ordered the McPherson clan face mask, <laughs> the cloth face mask to help. So you can it. have the whole package. I want to do the whole thing and I want to help flatten the curve exactly. while still showing some some solidarity with my clan. Well done. And I also have an entire set to include the running kilt, the flashes for the, uh, the, the kilt hose, and the face mask in clan Fraser as well because that is on my mother's side. You're all set. So, I'm going to be all set as yeah. soon as it gets here from uh, our friends over at Sport Kilts. I love it. So love it. That's coming. Um, but yeah, it, even with even with the extra airflow due to the kilt, it was still insanely hot. Mm. But all in all, not bad. It was just kind of a. I kind of took today as the shakeout run. Tomorrow, I'm going to get up early, mm-hmm. and I think I'm going to knock the 10k out. And what's good about a virtual race is that this challenge, you can you don't have to do it on back-to-back days. You can do it every other day, or you can do it. It's there's no very, time limit. It's there's no time limit. It's very flexible. So, I I was having a little bit of heel pain today, so I am going to take tomorrow off and do some yoga and kind of give my feet a rest because I've been running constantly every day. Yeah. For the last maybe five, seven days. You've been doing some extra runs just to blow off or get some stress out and to get out of the house too. Yeah. So I think taking tomorrow off and then doing the 10K after that. Smart. And then doing the half during the long run stretch on the weekend. But it's nice because the virtual gives some flexibility. Very cool. So that is my plan. Very cool. So. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know how I, I may even jump on Instagram or Facebook Live tomorrow? if I do it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I think I'm, my plan is to do it tomorrow. Good. And uh, yeah, I'll let you know how that 10K goes. But I think the 10K would be a little more aggressive in the pacing. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I may do like uh, 5.30 mm-hmm. or 10.30, something well, like we'll that. Well, we'll have good nutrition in us and we'll have a good night's sleep. Oh, yes, Absolutely. Because, you know, we've been cooking from the HealthSpan solution. Yes, we've been doing a lot of home cooking. Uh, in addition to a lot of takeout, we did do the South Cape Takeout Weekend. But mm-hmm. like we always say, you know, we call it day six, but it's really what's a rare and appropriate for us when we're out and day recording six, the pod. Day seven. Or day seven. Yeah. The, uh, it's when we're recording the podcast is usually when we're, we're eating off of plan, but you know, when we're cooking here at home, we are using recipes right now from the book that we've been talking about for quite some time. And that is the health span solution by Juliana Hever and Ray Cronice. And let me just last week we recapped the broccoli slaw. 
And I think we just finished that off. And it, it's fantastic. A very filling salad. And I think maybe later on this week I'll showcase one of the ones that's just a beautiful, beautiful and delicious another salad from the list. Excellent. Of their uh, their chapter on salads I in the book. An, I have an idea for what you ought to do. Yeah? Let me know. I will. We'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk. But we had the opportunity a few weeks ago to sit down and talk with Ray and Juliana for a good long while, uh, mm. learn a little bit about them, their mm-hmm. journey, the science behind the HealthSpan solution and what that's all about. And again, this is a, a bit of a book review and a bit of uh, science here. We're not trying to convert anybody no. to eating plant-based, so please no. don't take it that way. And and right. they aren't trying to no. either. They're, for, for people who have a, a, a definite health and fitness agenda, they are the most... Uh, unobtrusive people when it comes to their messaging and they're just giving you the info Mm -hmm. and it's really entertaining. They're just awesome to talk to. They give it to you in a real way and just real and authentic. And that comes across on the page. And this book really is mostly a cookbook. Yeah. But it's not like here's breakfast, here's lunch, here's dinner. No. And desserts or whatever. And they talk about that. We're, yeah. When we get into the interview here, they discuss that, you know, we're not breaking foods down according to breakfast, lunch, and dinner because those are kind of artificial mm-hmm. um, designations for yeah. meals. Like we were talking about last week when we were when we were talking about the broccoli slog. You can have it any time. Right. Those salads, those sides, those sweets, those soups that they talk about in the book, you can have it any time. So without further ado... I think. Why don't we, we've been teasing it for weeks. I know. Why don't we just get down to it? Yes. Here's the first part of our interview with Juliana Hever and Ray Cronice, the authors of the HealthSpan Solution. I'm glad it's not a video episode this week. <laughs> I, I'm grinning ear to ear like an idiot and that I don't mind. Well, uh, I am, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm a little emotional starting the episode to be honest with you because we told our story back in January on our show. Yeah, to recap for new listeners, to kind of let them know where we're coming from and what we're all about. And we have been inspired and educated by the scholars, the authors, and the fellow podcasters that we are joined by today, Juliana Hever and Ray Cray Ray Cronice. Julianne, so. yeah. The, <laughs> these people don't need any introduction <laughs> online and in the world of health and fitness. But no. if you're not familiar with them, Juliana is also known as the plant-based dietitian. She has a Bachelor of Arts in Theater from UCLA and a Master of Science in Nutrition from Cal State Northridge. She has authored five books. I don't know when you have time to podcast. The HealthSpan Solution, The Plant-Based Nutrition Idiot's Guide Second Edition, two peer-reviewed journal articles. Oh, my goodness. (sighs) And you're all over television. You've been on Dr. Oz, Steve Harvey, Reluctantly Healthy, Marie Osmond, E! News, and you've even done your own TEDx talk. Wow. And Ray is no slouch either. Uh-huh. Ray Cronice is a former NASA scientist. 
doing chemistry and material sciences at NASA and microgravity, biophysics, physical and analytical chemistry. <laughs> and he co-founded Zero G. His work's been featured in Wired Magazine, Ted Med, ABC Nightline, The Atlantic, Daily Beast, for our body. And of course, he helped one of my favorites, Penn Gillette, lose yes. 100 pounds. And Penn detailed this in his book, Presto, How I Made 100 Pounds Disappear. disappear. So without further ado, welcome Juliana and Ray to the Run Eat Drink podcast. Thank you so much for having Great to us. Be here. We reached out to you because of hmm. the new book that you have that's, that's, taking the I hope taking the world by storm before we get into the book I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about how you got here um, and Julianne let me start with you not every dietitian is a vegetarian or a vegan or or, or promotes that style of eating mm. yet here you are the plant-based dietitian and how, how did you start down the plant-based path well it started a long time ago, I just, I've always been fascinated by nutrition and diet and health. And I've been researching it ever since I can remember reading. And, you know, certain things popped into my, you know, books, you know, that I was reading. This is way before online. And I just kind of became aware of how food ended up on our plate. And mm. I wanted to pursue that path. And I wanted to, you know, I, I read Diet for New America by John Robbins. And I, I didn't know what that meant. So I cut out animal products, but that didn't really, I didn't know what that meant. And I was really young at the time and my family, I didn't know anyone that was eating that way. And there was no Google back then. Mm. So I was kind of just winging it. And, you know, of course the world around me was like, Oh, you're not going to get your protein and you're not going to get your iron and blah, blah, blah. The same things mm. that amazingly are still prevalent in our dialogue today. We still hear it. But it yeah. did, you know, at the time I was young and it scared me away from it. So I went back, but I knew there was more to the story and I just continued. I was like kind of voracious when it came to reading about this stuff and, you know, on and on and on years and years later, I finally, you know, went to graduate school to find out really, I wanted to know why, why all of this stuff, I wanted to understand all of the, the recommendations that I was hearing and all that. And so I, this is later when I was a personal trainer mm. and I just finished undergrad. So I decided I wanted to become a dietitian and really know the science. And I enrolled in grad school by, by me in LA and had this amazing program and learned everything behind what you hear mm. popularly. So I was, you know, able to dig into the research and find out exactly where you get your proteins from and exactly how there's actually a better sourced iron coming from plants. And then it was, that was it. After that, after grad school, that was like, okay, I'm doing this. Now I know. And I had the confidence to, to try it. I started with myself and I had an extraordinary health transformation. I was still mm. really young, but I mean, things that I had suffered with my entire life, I mean, suffered like in the hospital with horrible GI pain oh, wow. and with no diagnoses and not one single doctor asking me what I ate, which is kind of crazy. Oh. Uh, but, you know, I, I, my lifelong acne cleared up, my, you know, difficulty maintaining my weight was gone. All of these things I'd struggled with, sinus infections, I always had sinus infections. I suffered and suffered. I had so many hours of falling asleep in class because I was on Benadryl and all these things, gone. They just were gone. And then when I implemented it with my clients as from the, when I was transitioning from personal trainer to dietitian, 
the result just, it was like domino effect. I just couldn't believe the things that I saw being reversed that mm. I was taught in grad school and in my clinical rotations and all that was never possible. Like once you have a diabetes diagnosis, that's it. But I just, it's been now, it's been 15, 16 years and the results just continue to amaze me. I like to say that re the results are typical when people get off of their meds and heal from things they're not supposed to heal. It's just been extraordinary and I haven't been able to stop talking about it ever since. I love that line. Results are typical. I've heard mm. you say that on your podcast several times. Yeah. Okay. So that's how yeah, because you... it used to not be like that. Right. Right. You know, used to, it, it, what the, what you see in the ads for medications are, you know, oh, you'll get better, but results aren't uh -huh. typical. You know, yeah. like you see that all the time, but like really people get better. People, it is normal to have people get off medications, which is something I never, ever knew was possible. It's amazing. Ray, mm. let's talk about you for just a second. Yeah. How does a NASA scientist with his eyes towards the stars mm -hmm. start looking at diet and nutrition? I think it's a perfectly natural progression to go from weightless to weight loss. <laughs> oh, weightless. Yes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> no, you know, it's, um, the, the, the truth is, is that when you, if you, if we stop and get out of this health span world for a second and go mm. into the passion of space, my business partners and I, you know, in, college we all started this idea that we wanted to uncouple space flight from the government and that the government you know in a mature bureaucracy there's a rule against everything and we saw that even though i was there for 15 years and we were doing amazing things we saw we foresaw the idea that in the future it would be so difficult for nasa to de to design a new space flight vehicle that we just would see everything stall and when it wasn't kind of a government edict flexing political might the way kennedy did you know when we went to the moon sure you know it it doesn't have that kind of weight and you know people there's lots of people that say you know why are we wasting money on you know we got starving people on the earth why are we wasting wasting money on space flight so our goal was to create an economic ex exothermic reaction in space we wanted to be able to create an economy and so uh, peter diamandis byron lichtenberg and myself started zero g and then we started Space Adventures. We also started something called the X Prize that mm. was all looking at a way to create an economy for people who wanted to travel to space and through space um, so that we could make sure that our access to space wasn't simply something that the government needed to, you know, bless, you know, five mm. or six hundred people to do, you know, yeah. and that everybody could share and, you know, fast forward to around you know 2007 2008 my son became the youngest person ever to experience weightlessness at eight year old eight years old he was the guinness book of all records because uh, i took my whole family to do weightless now for 12 years i got to fly on nasa's kc-135 <sighs> and and experience twice my weight and weightless you know over and over thousands and thousands of times i spent over two days of my life and weightless 30 seconds at a time wow doing research but i really wanted to take my kids like it was the ultimate disneyland ride and, <laughs> and i got to prove that in, yeah. in 2007 and got my hero dad moment when i took them mm. down to florida and we went to disney world for a couple of days and then the end of the trip we did a zero their first zero g flight where i it was so amazing that all of my kids got onto my Boeing, you know, dad's Boeing 727 
and we took off and did weightless flights and they're like oh my gosh that was the most amazing thing ever beats every ride we had in disneyland disney world and who doesn't want to do that as a dad right so absolutely yeah you can't take them back to disney now (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> so it was clear to me at the at, at, at around 1998 1999 that things were about to take a big change and while while I didn't completely foresee how the shuttle was going to program was going to be ended I was I'm probably surprised looking back even I didn't think that even to this day NASA wouldn't have access to space if mm. it weren't for the Russian rockets right. and so in our day we were looking at ideas and we did we we leased the center seat from the russians and we sent eight people to the space station actually seven people because one person charles simony went mm. twice but these people were paying us 20 to 50 million million dollars for a space flight and at first nasa resisted it and the russians would let us do it they were teaching us how to be capitalists which was kind of a an irony you know in some sense sure but the fact of the matter is is that even those got shut down because when the shuttle program was brought to the end nasa went and locked up all the center seats there was nothing we could do to get our pay our line of paying customers who wanted to go to space on there mm-hmm. meanwhile the x prize was won by bert rattan and mm-hmm. we get forward to the idea that now we're you know starting to have everyday people elon musk didn't win but he built a, a vehicle for the x prize mm-hmm. and eventually now you know and we're going to see this later this year uh elon's going to be the first person to take people up to space station, the first American rocket that's visited space station with with passengers, and it was developed 100% outside of the government. So full circle, 20 years later, we got what we wanted. But in the meantime, my health suffered. So by 2008, when I sold out my business to my business partners, I was, mm. you know, I was 250 pounds. I was type 2 diabetic. I had high cholesterol. I was stressed. I didn't know what I was going to do you know, the rest of my life. But I knew that right now I'm going to just full time work on my health. And I thought, you know, if I don't spend the next six months, I can't retire on what I had in the bank at the time. But I could I certainly didn't need to work for the next couple of years. So I had some that freedom and flexibility of kind of a little mini retirement life. And so mm-hmm. beginning on October 27th, um, 2008, I started on the final uh, journey down uh, to, to my weight loss. And I finished in December. And even though I lost, you know, really over 85 pounds before, you know, before it was done, I I lost 85 pounds, my diabetes got worse. And I didn't expect that. And it wasn't until a year later after I, you know, went, I was asked to attend, to attend a a TED, the first TED med. And then I Mm. spoke a year or two later, but, or it was a year later. But when I was, when I went there, it was, you know, I mean, everybody was talking about how much weight I'd lost. So everybody was celebrating that, but my disease state got worse and mm. that part wasn't good. So I, I just spoke to Dean Ornish. I've told it on our podcast a lot of times, but I spoke to Dean Ornish that night at a, at a reception and I told him. And so, you know, he asked me what animal products are left. I said, salmon, eggs, and yogurt and cottage cheese. That was a, a, a holdover from my Bill Phillips days. And anybody that's done Bill Phillips body for life. Oh, oh, yeah. I know it world, very right? well. Yeah. So <clears throat> I dropped those three things. And within 45 days, all of my um, signs of diabetes were gone. And that really surprised me because it went against everything I knew. And to me as a scientist, I, I love when I'm wrong. 
<laughs> because that's the only time you learn. You know, you you can't learn when you're right about the world. You learn when you're wrong. So every time something contradicts my worldview, it's a happy thing. You know, sometimes mm. when we're with Juliana and I, she'll see something, somebody will say something, and she'll say, "Oh my God, I'm wrong about that." More out of a public thing, and I'll say, "No, you celebrate that." Don't worry about it because nobody can be right about everything. And when you're wrong, it's this absolute amazing opportunity to learn something about the world. Mm-hmm. You know, the worst case is to walk around thinking you're right all the time and never realize you're wrong. Like that's that's something to be panicked about, but not someone contradicting you or giving you new data. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see the new data, on the other hand, back to the plant-based diet, when you see the new data, and that new data conflicts with your old worldview, and you just decide to ignore that new data mm. because you don't want to change your worldview, that kind of being wrong is the kind you don't want to be. And that wasn't who I was. So it didn't matter. It didn't matter what I had to eat. If I knew it was going to cure my diabetes, make my health better, and allow me to flourish, that was all it took for to convince me. And so Juliana and I, with the HealthSpan Solution, our goal with this book is it has nothing to do with the environment, has nothing to do with animal rights, it has nothing to do with, you know, food industry and GMO and all the other crap that people take on. Maybe they're good causes, maybe they're not. But in terms of food, what Juliana and I want to be able to do is to maximize human flourishing. We want Mm. humans to live as healthy as we can. And... You know, right now that's an odds getting back to Juliana and her Mm. career, you know, a decade ago, her vegan and vegetarian clients that were coming to her didn't really have the kinds of issues. They were saying, you know, how do I eat properly for pregnancy? How do I eat properly to train for, you know, a marathon? How do I eat Mm. proper for this? Today, they're coming to her with the exact same issues that previously she only saw in her omnivorous clients. Mm. So that is how far that movement has worked. And, you know, the word vegan, if you use the word vegan to judge your diet, it's a fast way to eating animal-free junk food. I was you going know? to say, so yeah. the you, food industry now has that on the radar and they can do that. You you see so much of that now, things that are packaged. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think it, it they got really good at it with marketing low fat because then they knew, well, we'll just bump up the the salt and the sugar to make up for it. And I think Mm. that you see a lot of that we've in making our transition, we've basically done away with most, almost everything prepackaged. Juliana, you talk about label reading yes, and trying to buy things without labels. And that's, that's really what we've, what we've been doing. And let me, um, for our listeners, let me remind them, you know, I, two years ago, I was diagnosed with severe hypertension. I drove myself to the hospital with 220 over 110 blood pressure. The doctors mm-hmm. were like, come on in, we're going to hang out for a little while. And they, they were able to, to slap a bandaid on me and get me stabilized and then told me, get my butt to my doctor, yeah. which is exactly what I did. They, of course, typical Western medicine, treat the symptom. And first words out of my doctor's mouth were, well, you have a history of hypertension in your family. Mm. Meanwhile, I was 308 pounds, six foot one. The hypertension gene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So Sorry. I said, I said, uh, 
let's talk genetic predisposition once I've gotten some of this weight off. And then mm. I've found you, you said you told your doctor. <laughs> I, I did. Uh huh. I told him. Let's let's yeah. talk about Isn't that. Isn't that terrible that he's not telling you that? Right. <sighs> And and he's actually I think he's a he's a great guy and 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 I think he's very well meaning but I, but mm. I've heard you talk about it on or both of you talk about it on your show where you know Western medicine has their product to sell you which is scans and and medicines and and treatment mm. that they have but I really wanted to make that kind of a last resort now in the interim I of course had to get the BP down so I. I got my meds and then I started looking and that's how I found you through um, initially through listening to through to Presto, which is Penn Jillette's book on how he lost a hundred pounds and his journey with Ray. And then once I started adopting plant-based, I realized how little I knew about it because growing up in the South, I had no fear of Southern vegetables, but Southern vegetables (laughs) Uh, are covered in butter, salt, yes. and then maybe deep fried and put gravy on them yes. if, if you can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, getting to more whole foods, not adding salt, sugar, fat, and and eating things more close, I guess, to their original form or at least without adding anything to it that that takes away from the healthfulness of it. Um, that was the, the big transition and I needed resources and Juliana and, and Ray, your, your first book, um, plant-based nutrition, the idiot's guide was right up my alley because I was an idiot that knew nothing about plant-based nutrition <laughs> and, and what a resource. And, yeah. and it's exactly the way you just phrased it, Ray, which is you're, you're not preaching any of the other um, dogma that tends to go or be associated with veganism or vegetarian eating. You were really just presenting the information and making it easily consumable for the layperson. Well, we both kind of came to it from different perspectives too. I mean, it's, mm. the thing is that it is a win-win-win for all of those reasons. But if you really look at the health span data and you look at, you know, all of the evidence showing, you know, the I mean, this is the only way of eating that's ever actually reversed advanced stage cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes. That's quite wow. extraordinary. And it has so mm, much success. Amazing. There's like studies showing that a plant-based diet is as effective as statins in lowering cholesterol, as effective. So it's like you could do it with just your food. You know, every bite is so powerful, so much more powerful than, you know, than all of the, the polypharmacy that these physicians are recommending. And it's it's unfortunate. We talk about this a lot because, you know, I, I speak to a lot of, well, we both speak to a lot of healthcare practitioners, like when we give talks and mm. there's a lot of things. It's not just that we're the client and it's not, it's not all the business parts. There's a lot of other complicating things that we talk about in our paper. We talk about it everywhere that, you know, it's, everyone comes into it with their own bias. You know, I've had, I just recently spoke about this. I have, I've had my two previous uh, internist that I go to to get my labs checked or whatever. Um, they're both morbidly obese and they just, they laugh about, you know, the diet and they don't ask about diet. And, you know, people go to their physician and they could be overweight, obese, morbidly obese, and their doctors don't say it. So because there's their own bias from what they eat and their own, you know, issues with food or whatever, also they only have a few minutes with each patient. So how Mm. can they sit there and give a full talk? In fact, in our podcast last week, uh, this week uh, with, um, 
with our with Dr. Kathy Naughton. It was know, great, she great was episode. Expressing her frustration. Yeah. yeah, she's you know she's frustrated too with not being able to have enough time to share all this. It's a lot of information. I mean, that's what dietitians are technically for. Like we are the liaison between the medical diagnosis and like what you do on a day to day basis, and that's why. Mm. You know, that's what I love about my my job is I get to actually walk people through it and that what we do together, Ray and I, is walk people through the whole process because food is not just, you know, it's not just so simple. It's it's very complicated and it's very deeply wound within our lives and our, you know, it's very emotional for a lot of people and mm, absolutely. it's how we're raised and there's just so much behind what we eat and our choices that it's just way more complicated than, you know, just... It's just complicated. <laughs> yeah, and if you think about that, even back to our last podcast, imagine the fact that most of her clients that would come to her for erectile dysfunction, she's a urologist specializing in special dysfunction, that these men would rather inject their penis with a needle oh. for an erection that could be da damaging, you know, where you end up with the erection that doesn't, doesn't go down and they have to surgically undo it. Um, oh they, they would rather do that than change their diet. And, oh. and, and clearly there has to be a giant cognitive dissonance mm. going on when someone is that attached to food. And what I would say, and what Juliana would say as well, is no, this is actually relatively easy to explain because until the t new diet is equally convenient, mm. familiar, and enjoyable you really don't have a choice one or more of those will dominate your plate and so if you're listening right now and you haven't made a change in diet the reason why is likely just because you're going against habits and it doesn't matter who you are as a human that's why I said human flourishing is our goal because if you wrote if you were raised in a different culture or a different society your concept of flavor and palate and new favorite food and what smells good and what tastes good, all of those are a very complex amalgam of what was socially normal when you're growing up. And so, you know, if, you know, like when we're in Thailand, all the children there like this stinky squid stuff. Oh, you know, they all like it. You know, you can, and in fact, even our friends that are older. You know, they love it, but they won't open it in the car because they know how bad it stinks. But they actually love these stinky, fishy, salty, savory, umami flavors, mm -hmm. and they just love to eat it. And and so, the, you know, and it's really interesting, even when we look at junk food and you're in Thailand, the flavors that they have are like, you know, prawn head and and crab and all kinds of other kinds of funky flavors Different. that you really don't see here, right? Yeah. Their shampoos are all key, you know, over there. Key lime is the universal smell for shampoos. And so, you know, they think of key lime smell as being associated with shampoo where we have other kinds of smell. So my point oh, yeah. is, is that all of this is habit. This is just habit. And when we were working with Penn, the part mm. that I was telling Penn from the beginning is, look, you've got these habits and these habits are keeping you locked in to the way you're eating now. You're going to have to create new habits. And what's really interesting about him is that he's so disciplined and his day yes. is so defined by routines that it actually made it easy for him. I just said, no, we're going to be, we're absolutely not going 
to change this. And at some point he says, you know, look, this sounds like a cult. And I said, you're right. <laughs> He's like, well, how can I argue with that? And, and so, you know, but that's what we have to do. And that's what we do with our clients as well. With our clients, we say, look, we're not going to use empathy because right now this is completely in your control. We, re we reserve empathy for people who no fault of their own are in a situation that they can't change. If you have a congenital disease, if you have a disease that mm -hmm. there is no reversal for, those people deserve our empathy, right? These sure. people that can change, they deserve us laughing. So we replace humor for empathy. We put unyielding accountability in place instead of excusing things away. Mm -hmm. And we say, look, you're just going to have to do this. This is really simple. You've already eaten the meals there. You just reach down and grab a handful. You know, that's the old burger. That's the cheese pizza. It doesn't matter what you've eaten today. It's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. you, you've got to wait long enough for this, this, your body to use these excess calories. And as you both know, as runners, you can mm -hmm. wiggle and run all you want. But if you're eating bad, you're not going to lose weight. There's plenty so true. of overweight runners. And, yeah. you know, and, I was one of and them. Activity and physical activity is something totally different than calorie deficit. Yes, I can. I can tell you that it, Dana told a little bit about his story, and I I watched him research and listen to Presto, and and I watched him go through that potato famine to Ooh. reset his palate before I I jumped in. And when I saw the process that he went through and the, uh, the results that he was getting, that I, I joined him and I have fought my weight my entire life. And we've been running for 10 years. Running for 10 it? years. Yeah. And for the first seven, for the first seven to eight years, we were overweight runners and we could not absolutely not outrun a bad diet at all so nobody can. yeah and nobody can so it it's it's just yeah that exercise is not and, and the answer diet, you talk about potato you, even in diet you talk about potato famine but there is yeah. no potato famine and there is no such thing as a reset the <laughs> fact of the matter is is having people eat potatoes it's something that's not easily confused with something you shouldn't. For example, you could have rice. Sure. You, you, you'll see in the book, he talks about there's lots of things people could – you could eat tweak Twinkies every day if you really wanted to if you didn't eat too many of them. But the real point is is that how do we extract ourselves from this incredible mm. societal you know, just push – to eat and swallow and eat and swallow and eat and swallow all day long. From the time you get up in the morning until right before you go to bed, mm -hmm. we are in the chronically fed state. And so what's really great about, what was really great about potatoes in general is the fact that one, it didn't give as many people, they weren't as constipated. Rice often makes people constipated. Oh, and two, yeah. That it got there, you know, you couldn't confuse it for something. You know, a baked <laughs> potato is a baked potato. It's not potato chips. It's not French fries. Mm -hmm. You know, where, you know, if I have, if I tell someone rice, well, what about the Mexican rice? Oh, they, yeah. You know, showered in oil. What about the, this Chinese rice over here? They put sesame oil in or they've added or it's, or they've added egg or something else, but I picked through the egg. 
the point I'm making is, is mm. that what was really universal about potatoes that was fantastic is that you just really couldn't mess it up. There's no way to mess it up. But the but the real the real way, Penn and everybody else loses weight is through a permanent lifestyle transformation. And that mm -hmm. happens after that period. Yes. And someone trying to do that on their own, it's it's not it's normally I'd say for the ninety plus percent of people, they're gonna do that. They're gonna get a quick loss on the scale and then mm -hmm. they're gonna go right back to what they were doing before. Yeah. Because you can't just do this half ass. It takes Whole it ass. takes a couple of months <laughs> for a person to have a real, you know, just lifestyle transformation. And so, mm. you know, we're trying to do that in the future for ours. With the Healthspan Solution, mm. we've divided everything even further in talking about soups, salads, sides, and sweets. Mm. And the reason why we we've taken away time of day eating like breakfast, lunch, and dinner which is helpful for restaurants when they want to know what to serve you. Yes. But has yeah. nothing to do with human flourishing. It doesn't matter what time of the day you eat a salad or a giant, you know, bowl of fruit or a chili or a soup or a stew or eggplant rollatini. It's just food. Mm -hmm. And we've completely made it up. Anybody who thinks breakfast is about pancakes and eggs and bacon is just falling for the big lie. Mm. Cuz it has, you know, Pa eggs and bacon weren't served to, for breakfast until 1930. And so, mm. you know, it's like, what, have, what did all the humans do before that time? So, the, and it was a marketing ploy. So the point here is, is that when we look at food, we are conditioned to be able to be part of this business. You know, Southwest Airlines is great at this. They do business the way they're the most profitable. And they knew that assigning seats meant people didn't book early and they didn't they didn't um, check in early or they weren't, they didn't show up at the gate early. And so when they wanted mm. butts and seats, they created a system <laughs> where first they didn't have seat numbers. Then they did A, B, and C, but then it looked like a Grateful Dead conference <laughs> concert because everybody was hanging out trying to wait to be in the front of the line. And then they gave those numbers. And if you look at those numbers, those numbers are all dished out so that they can have this A list, which is even something that's before the A, which is the first 15. So what they did is they went against everything in the airline industry to create something. And there's certain people that will never fly Southwest because they're still stuck in the idea that they have to have a seat. And you don't really realize that at, in Southwest, A means you can sit anywhere, B means you're going to be sitting in the back, and C means you're going to be in a center seat. That's really what it is. It's just short code. They just do it. But mm -hmm. what's really what's really incredible is that they do business the way they're most profitable. Well, this is the way restaurants work too. And a restaurant needs to know what what you are going to eat. And so this whole idea that there's breakfast, lunch, and dinner revolves around the idea so that people so that restaurants know what to serve you. But when you go into the Healthspan solution, you just pick some meals. And you pick some meals and you don't eat all day long. You know, you you do that. So we're actually putting together an automated transform lifestyle transformation that's not about weight loss oh. that will be released in the next probably two months or so that will basically take people through the book in a very systematic way to teach them how to integrate these foods in their lives. Because I, I'll admit, it is a little bit more complicated at first. But I think you guys can both see that yeah. once the habits are formed, once yeah. you know the recipes that you can go shop for without a list that you can prepare 
without instructions that you know exactly what goes in it, which is, you know, it's the same, what, yeah. Juliana, eight to 10 recipes or so yep. that people do. And once you get those down, then everything else is easy. Yeah, we've I mean, been. It's really not that difficult, you know. Successful. It's, it, it's 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 crazy. Well, we've been cooking our way through the book, trying some of the the different options that are mm-hmm. there. And in fact, as we are I love recording, that. yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's and and, and by the way, I, I think that it's fantastic that you are introducing some ingredients that you might not otherwise ever think to do yourself. I mean, it's been, I, I was fortunate enough. I grew up uh, next door to a first generation uh, woman from Thailand who mm-hmm. was best friends with my mother. And I, I grew up eating a lot of Thai food because she was my mom's de facto babysitter. And then getting to bring <laughs> well, some of those flavors <laughs> back into my life w- was really nice to be able to do that. Cause I see yeah. a lot of a lot of those influences and, uh, you know, for us to go do a little bit of shopping at our local Asian market for some ingredients, in addition to our, our produce sections has been very nice and and kind of enjoyable. And for us, they have great ingredients as, as long as you stay out of the jarred and canned stuff, you know, it's just high in sodium. But other than that, the, the produce section is really amazing. They have tons of crazy greens that you normally don't have. No, it's unreal. It's it, you. It's so mushrooms creative to us. And the dried mushroom selection is, has been yes. Just yes. a huge benefit and, and something that we've really been enjoying as we've been trying to find those flavors and, and expand our options mm-hmm. as we've been doing this now for two years, which we've yeah. done. I, I did Body for Life. Oh, uh, 20 or well when that book first came out and i've done i think we've done every other type of you know weight loss plan and like you said they work it's all calorie restriction and and nothing is has been long term nothing's been a, a true lifestyle change and this for us has been but as you've mentioned now we've we've kind of transitioned into talking specifically about the health span solution they're such great people. They are, and there's so much more to come. Uh, yeah. We we have we have so much fun with them in this conversation, and mm. we're we're excited to bring it all to you. So next week we're going to have part two of that sure. conversation coming up. Yeah, and we can't wait to share that with you guys. I love how they come from such diverse backgrounds, and then they just bring it all together. The whole time we're talking to them, I'm I'm literally thinking to myself it's like donnie and marie osmond he's a little bit country she's a little bit rock and roll or vice versa you know it's just they're just so different but they ended up coming to some of the same conclusions they work and they work so well together they play off each other very nicely and on their podcast i love their podcast science and sorcery there's running fodder for you for a long run i i do it Constantly, yeah. because I love spoken word content for running. It takes me out of my head, mm-hmm. and it engages me almost in a conversation with people talking. Mm-hmm. So I stop thinking about the heat. I stop thinking about how tired I am or whatever. And their mm-hmm. podcast and their guests is a great way for me to get out of my head. So great. And science and saucery, if we didn't say it before. And we'll link to it in the show notes Mm -hmm. as well. Absolutely. But listening to the first part of that that interview made me work up a thirst. A thirst. A thirst. A thirst. I'm a bit parched. You know, when, when we 
when we're eating on plan with them and and cooking from their the health span solution we we've talked about how we'll drink water from the soda stream mm-hmm the carbonated water or we'll put fruit in water and things like that. that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this past weekend when it was our day seven. Multiple day sevens. (laughs) Yeah, we have some catching up to do. So we, we were lucky enough to be in our local community part of an event called the South Cape Takeout Weekend 2020. And that highlighted a lot of local restaurants and breweries and tap rooms and package package stores that are local, that are doing it right, and that need our support in this time. But they're doing it safely for the community. Yeah, these businesses are getting creative. They are using their ingenuity and they're solving the problem Mm. as the problem is happening and changing day by day. And fortunately, in our state, our governor's made certain concessions and changes during in his executive orders to give Mm -hmm. them leeway Mm -hmm. to be able to still operate, but they have to get a little bit creative. So, you know, restaurants and bars and and package stores are doing curbside pickup and delivery now that they would never do before. Mm -hmm. And one of the local business leaders here in Cape Coral, and that's John Schroeder, who is the manager, the taproom manager at Big Storm Brewing here in Cape Coral. He wears many hats he for does, Big Storm. But he put this event together and he was just rallying businesses and going, hey, let's be part of this, be part of this, be part of this. And what he do said something was, positive. let's bring positivity, yeah. let's give people options, let's hmm. do something and let them know that we are not closed and we're here for you. Yes. And in doing so, that got a lot of people to utilize delivery services mm-hmm. and contactless um, curbside. Uh, curbside pickup yep. so that they were able to get some food, get some beverage, Mm -hmm. and do so in a way while they were still doing their part to flatten the curve. So we want to highlight one of the businesses that was part of this South Cape Takeout Weekend 2020. And this is a business that is one of our favorites. We have actually done uh, Facebook Live and Instagram Live videos from there. Mm -hmm. We are friends with the owners from the time when they were not the owners, but simply patrons. Yes. Uh, We like to go there for the eclectic mix of prepackaged beers that they offer. Yes. And really interesting rotation of taps. Yeah, they have taps, but they are, they're unique bottles and it's not just local stuff. No, these guys are getting stuff from all over the country. And that's why I like that we're featuring them here because you could probably go to your local package store and find the brewery we're going to talk about tonight. Yes. Mm. And the other thing that I really love about this business is that they are dyed in the wool, die hard Star Trek Oh, I'm sorry. Star. Oh my God! What did you do? <laughs> uh, they used to have some Star Trek stuff up in the uh, in the uh, room, but they are Star Wars fans, and they have supplanted all the Star Trek stuff that was in there from the previous owners. Yes, number three craft brews. Yes, 
is our, they have taps, but they have bottles and cans that you can purchase and take. And you can even pick a bottle or a can from the shelf, take it over to the bar. They put it in their ultra rapid chiller and you can mm-hmm. crack it right there and enjoy it in the tap room. During regular business circumstances and, and when they're when they're open for business, not under the current circumstances. Right. But we decided to take advantage of their contactless curbside service. Yes, and that was probably the most entertaining delivery I've ever had. It was great. Because as we drive up and we let them know we're here and who we are, they come out with our our um, bag after taking our growler from us. Yes, to, to fill. Go fill. Yes, and, that we have thoroughly sanitized. And they come out wearing proper f- um, face mask in public, but it was a Boba Fett mask, like a legitimate movie accurate Boba Fett mask. Oh. And I just thought to myself, this Bounty is the way. Hunter. This yes, is the way. I have spoken. So <laughs> <laughs> the uh we ended up getting a personal growler fill as well as purchasing a growler from them. But tonight we're gonna talk just about the f- growler fill that they did for us. Yes. And it is from a brewery that I believe is available uh, all over the country. Widely distributed. Widely distributed. not all over the country. Yeah. Southern Tier. Southern Tier. And they have uh, Hot Cocoa Imperial Nitro Stout. That is our beer of choice this evening. And Southern Tier, we actually first got into them with a... uh, southern pecan ale that they do and that was five or six years ago that we first i think first had any offering from southern tier and every time we see something pop up from them we're always pretty impressed Uh, they do a really nice job of balancing flavors and and creating some some interesting beers whether you're going for something that's a little more dessert like like what we're going to talk about tonight mm-hmm. or if you're going for something i don't know a little more mainstream they they have tap room i mean looking at their website right now they have tap rooms in new york uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Cleveland, Ohio, Charlotte, North Carolina. I mean come to Florida. Come on down. Come to Florida. Although number three hooked us up. They did. Yes. And they had the hot cocoa Imperial Nitro Stout on tap today. And we're willing to fill our growler so that we could bring it to you. And in fact, we are sipping on it as we are recording. 10% ABV. This is a, what I would absolutely call a dessert beer. At 10% ABV, when you start getting into the double digits there, that is high-octane stuff there. Like you're going to get it in a snifter? Which is what we're having it in right Right? now. Yeah, we're enjoying it in the snifter. This is absolutely black in color. Mm -hmm. There is no light that passes through this whatsoever. not at all. Um, As far as the carbonation goes, this was served on nitro, so there is no carbonation. None. The nitrogen gas is uh, much less harsh on the palate, and this just doesn't have any um, any acidic or bubbly harshness. 
to it at all. No. Mm-mm. And when we poured it out of the growler, we didn't really get... I think if you serve it from a can, you might get a little bit of a foamy head. If they have the little nitro capsule inside, that's when you're right. going to get that. That's mm-hmm. like if you buy any any nitro beer, you get... you can If you shake the can, you can hear that thing dinking around mm-hmm. inside the can. That's what that is. But we didn't. So like no carbonation, black all the way through... And no, no head when we poured it out of the growler, but no, and very low, low bitterness. Yeah, they in fact on their website say this is twenty five IBU. I might even say it's probably lower. I don't know. I think I I just don't get any bitterness from it. Not at all. Really, they describe it as having a rich, creamy, heavy body, and I think that that's accurate. Yes, I don't think it's a syrupy body though. Because we have had some really high ABV in the neighborhood of 12 and 13% mm-hmm. that have been served almost in shot-like glasses from Orpheus Brewing. Uh, Orpheus is a good example. Sure. Yeah. And when you swirl it, it would coat the glass almost like a syrup. Yes. Like a maple syrup. But this does not. I would agree. Mm-hmm. But the sweetness is still there. And the sweetness for me is just like a hot chocolate. Yeah, this, the best way I could describe this would be a dark chocolate hot cocoa. Yeah. But cold. Yeah. And and when I say that, hot cocoa has a certain flavor to it. And I think now that it's warmed a little bit, I'm catching some of what they talk about. They say that this has cocoa powder, chocolate, and marshmallow. So those mm-hmm. that those went into the fermentation process mm. or into the brewing process. And they even say in their fermentation, they use ale yeast, six malts, Columbus hops, cocoa powder, chocolate, marshmallow, and milk sugar. So the milk sugar or the lactose is what gives you that heavy mouthfeel, which I love because I like a milk stout anyway. But the marshmallow and the chocolate and the cocoa powder, it delivers on the illusion of a grown-up hot chocolate. The body reminds me of a chocolate milk Perfect. A yes. chocolate milk. Is I would it? agree. Yeah. If you, in fact, if you were to close your eyes and say one glass has chocolate milk, the other has this, you might have a hard time figuring out which one is which. Well, but I don't think. Yeah. You, so you mean this doesn't have a really boozy flavor quality? No. In fact, I mean, unlike a lot of a lot of the the higher power. Mm-hmm. Um, barrel-aged stouts, imperial stouts that you see that are over 10% or over, this doesn't have that booziness right. to it at right. all. Right. And I don't know how they did that, mm. but this is a fantastic dessert beer, but a dangerous dessert beer. At 10%. At 10%. Yeah. It is good in a snifter or in small quantities. If... And... and it's it's a nice beer that you could get curbside, contactless curbside, bring it home when you're not going to drive anymore. Like us tonight. And just, you know, when you're out doing the errands and then you're going to stay home. Yeah. Have a good meal. Mm-hmm. Then pour a, they sell this in, in bottles mm-hmm. in a four pack 
in kegs and on draft. Mm. And if you were to get the 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 twelve ounce bottles, the twelve ounce bottles only have like nine and a half ounces of actual liquid inside of them due to the yeah. nitrogen. Yeah. But you know, you pour yourself one of those and a nice snifter and go sit down and just relax. This is dessert right here. Although you and I were talking oh, the cans. about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if we were talking about this on another episode or a while back, but doing like a beer shake with something like this. <sighs> like maybe where you take this with some a really good high quality vanilla ice cream and blend it. There is a lot from Southern Tier that we have talked about in the past that could be such a great adult milkshake yeah, beer grown, shake grown up milkshakes yeah whatever you want to call it i uh, this this and the southern tier what is it uh butter pecan southern pecan southern pecan okay and there was a creme brulee wasn't there i believe so but so i think that they are very talented in this brewery with doing dessert beers Oh, very much so. But this is not um, so cloyingly sweet. We've had other um, barrel-aged or imperial stouts that that are on the sweeter Mm -hmm. side that are more, um, like you said, syrupy is probably the best word for it. You can't have a whole lot of it in one sitting. Right. And it's so sweet that you just go, okay, ooh, you know, like a six ounce pour is plenty. Mm -hmm. Um, This, this is a little more approachable, a little more drinkable. And I think that the the flavor is more pleasant over time in volume. Oh, if that makes any sense. I, well, I just, I think it would make a great beer shake. I, I think that it's great the way that we're having it tonight. And you, you can have it maybe as a dessert and you can have a little bit more in volume. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And this is part of their Blackwater series. Is it now? That they that they have. Oh, that, creme brulee. Yeah, there it is. The creme brulee nitro stouts, the hot cocoa, and then they have one called their white chocolate raspberry. Oh my goodness, I would is, be all over that if they had it somewhere at number three an on the shelf. I, well, I'm guessing if you were to tell those guys you wanted it, they might get they it would for you. Get it? They're so great at getting really unique beer. They are, oh. but they do a white chocolate Sorry. raspberry imperial white milk stout. I bet that is so good. So, oh it's goodness. it's a neat brewery, and if you are shopping around for new beers to try, give the folks at Southern Tier a look. I mean, and we're talk. We of course are talking about some of their dessert beers tonight, but they actually have a ton of beers in their lineup. Oh my gosh. That are not in any way desserty. No. Um, I mean, goodness. These are also just uh, a lot of people know them for their seasonal release, Pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Yes. The the one, probably the one and only pumpkin beer that I can truly say that I love. Um. <sighs> So that Warlock? Well, some okay. people might be familiar with Warlock. I'm well. also a fan of Warlock. Yeah, but that's an Imperial Stout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, their their um, their pumpkin beer is pretty amazing, and they do some some pretty interesting stuff with IPAs. That now that I've started to develop a taste for for some IPAs, I might be willing to give them another shot. 
I'm a little more receptive to those things. So anyway, this is by far one of the best chocolate milk stouts that I have ever had. And it is something that we cannot recommend enough to you to either pick up in can or on draft in your area. For sure. I'd have it again, and I really want to get my hands on that creme brulee. So we want to thank number three craft brews for coming through for us today. And this was a great way to slake my thirst after that hot run today. And a great way to cap off the South Cape takeout weekend 2020. Absolutely. Yes. So that does it for this week on the Runny Drink Podcast. Well, again, if you want to share your virtual races... Leave us a one-minute message with your name, where you're from, what you're sharing, and attach it to an email or leave it as a voicemail. We have an email address that is info at runeatdrink.net. That's info at runeatdrink.net or... Call us at 941-677-2733. That's 941-677-2733. Leave us a voicemail with your name, where you're calling from, and what you want to share with us. Keep it to about a minute, and we would love to bring you onto the podcast and make you Run, Eat, Drink podcast famous. And be your cheer squad for any virtual races that you're doing. So We want to hear what you're doing. Yeah. For now, please take care. Stay safe. We hope this has provided you a little bit of escape with what's going on. And... I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. We will talk to you really soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having a great third year because of your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Run, Eat, Drink pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733. Or shoot us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.